0: And here's our off. Seamless. Yes, very seamless. It hears so much it loses its meaning and but also, it's tough to talk about love because I'm so bad at it. I'm like, man, how can we talk about this because I just I struggle to love well, and so. To start us off, I I hope I'm not alone, but we're going to do a little exercise. Grab a card on your chair next to it and a pen. This is (laughs) semi-anonymous. Semi-anonymous, yeah. Take just real quick, on a scale of 1 to 10, how good are you at loving people? (laughs) A 10 is someone who loves really, really, really well all the time. There's Jesus, yes. <laughs> Gotta bring Jesus into it. Man, Brandon. How are we supposed to make it here? So yeah, 10 is the ultimate love example, Jesus. Zero is you know someone who doesn't ever love anyone, ever. So where uh, where are you? Just quick write it down on a piece of paper. What you think? Can I give you about five seconds for this? Alright, once you got it, turn it over, pass it to someone in the middle of your aisle, and shuffle them up. Someone, maybe someone who's good at math, preferably. And then, real quick, add them up and get an average for your row. So, you know, add them up, divide by the number of people in your row. You, uh, you should have the number. All right, this shouldn't be too hard. So, let's... All right, you got your numbers? Okay, we're going to see which row... We're going to see which row is the most loving and the least loving here. So, yeah. Um, how about let's start with? Did you guys join? You got, you got a seven, six. Oh, that's impressive. All right, that's a pretty high bar right here. The first two rows. What about the next row? Six. Four point seven. All right. Five two five. A six point five. Back row. Five. Nice round number. 4.2, coming down a little bit. Next row. Your two rows, okay. That's good, a little more anonymity there, I like it. What's, what's your number, Josh, what do you guys get? 6.9. Whoa, 6.9. Man, you guys, some of us need to sit in that row. You can feel the love. All right, what about this next row? 11. 11, wow. <laughs> You need to you need to go next door to our math seminar. <laughs> 4.5. <laughs> wow. And what's this? Three of us are 4.3. 4.3. The, 3. Lowest. the lo- Oh, yeah. <laughs> the lowest yes. Yeah. Go right up, huh? <laughs> I I think I brought us down for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's man, love is love is tough, right? It's it's, it's hard, but I, it, there, there's something in us we're wired so much to want love. We, and I so many of the songs that are out there are, are love songs, but again, for every sappy love song, there's a song about a love fail, right? About the heartbreak or the, the difficulty in relationships. I was, just this past week, I went to, Laramie, Wyoming, with my daughter, Anna, who's going to start college there in the fall, which is at the University of Wyoming. The big, big, big victory, big excitement in that. We spent a couple days at her an orientation she was at, and so it's about 100 plus students and their parents are at this orientation for for two days, and about a third of the way through, they separate the parents and the kids, which the university knows what they're doing because it's been pretty stiff between, before, up to that point, and then... The kids, like, the students, they they start making connections and loosening up and and, and getting comfortable. But, so I'm sitting here with all these parents in a room, kind of like a bigger room than this, with 150 parents probably in the room. And the university starts basically walking parents through the transition of when your child goes to college, how to parent well. And mind you, we're in Wyoming, which is a very rough state. It's a tough state. And these are very self-sufficient, we got it all figured out kind of people. And I start thinking about this. This is interesting. I mean, they're not saying this. So basically, these school officials are telling us how to do a good job of parenting our kids. I would think that'd be a hard sell. We've been raising these kids for 18 years, and now you're you're telling us how to navigate this transition well. But what was amazing is that there was a, an, a, the, the audience was very interested and engaged in this topic because they cared so much about their children. And they know after 18 years of being a parent, especially after five years of being a parent of a teenager, you're kind of beat down and you, you know you need help. And so you're like, hey, someone help me here. I don't know what I'm doing. But it was like, interesting, all these, these people you wouldn't think would be signing up for a seminar like that, but they were like, tell us how to do this. Because we, we know we need help to w- navigate relationships. And we want to we love well, but man, we, we need some advice. And that's really, that's really where we find ourselves in this thing. We're wired for this, we want it, but we need help. Anyone besides me feel that way, need some help? Okay, I am, and really I'm here, really this whole series maybe just for me. I'm like, man, I need some help, and God's Word has a lot to say about His love and how to love, and I'm excited about just letting His truth come to us and be transformed by that as we go through this, this summer. Um, so God, fortunately, has a whole lot to say about love. It's a major theme in the Scripture. It's the, the, the greatest command is to love God, and the second is to love others, love our neighbors, ourselves. We're going to talk about that next week a little bit. There are a lot of descriptions and and instructions in the scripture about how we are to love one another. And it's something that is just over and over and over repeated. Um, The Bible talks about what love is, it talks about who we're called to love, how we're called to love. But today we're going to look at if we're going to love well, we have to know the source of love. We have to find the source of God's love ourselves in order to love others well. And we're going to look at at one passage here in the book of First John, chapter four, verse seven through eleven. And it's going to be on the screen. It's also in your in your handout. And I encourage you to look, either look at that or look at it in, in your Bible or on your on your phone, because um, we're going to kind of break it down. But it'd be good to have this whole passage open in front of you. And let me just I'm gonna pray for us and really ask God. Let's ask God to to speak to us this morning. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that you, what you wired us for, you empower us to do well. And Lord, I I pray this morning for insight and understanding from you and more of your heart. Lord, wherever we are, would you you teach us more and lead us more into knowing your love and loving others too. Thank you for that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 John 4, verse 7 It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Everyone say that, love is from God. God. There it is, that's the answer, love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. I'm going to read that again, Beloved. Let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. This, this letter is written by John, the apostle who was a personal friend of Jesus, uh, one of the closest disciples of Jesus. He walked with him for, for three years and was part of his inner circle. Sometimes his writing gets a little philosoph- philosophical, and you've got to think about it. But the essence of what this is saying here is that love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. In other words, you can't love unless you get it from God. Our our first point this morning is, I can only love when I experience God's love. We can't manufacture love ourselves. We have to experience it from Him. And then we have something that we're able to pass on to others. I, I love how even this, this verse, he starts out, Beloved, let us love one another. And, and John, he's, he's speaking to his audience as you are beloved. You are loved by God. Because God, love is from God. God is the one who loves, and, and he loves you. And in John's, one of his other books, The Gospel of John, that he wrote that's the story, many stories of Jesus' life, and John's experience, knowing Jesus, experiences knowing Jesus and walking with him. He often referred, he sometimes referred to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And, you know, I wonder about how the other disciples felt about that when they read this. Like, wait, you're talking about yourself as the, the disciple who Jesus loved. Uh, you, you think he loved you more than us? And, you know, I don't know what all, you know, if Jesus loved John more than the other disciples. But I think what he was conveying in that is, hey, I, this isn't just theory, but I knew Jesus. I know Jesus, I walked with him, and I know that he loved me. I experienced God's love through Jesus, and I know I am the disciple who Jesus loved. And that's really what God wants us each to, to experience and believe and know about ourselves: That I am the disciple who Jesus loved. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. That I know him and experience him and experience his love in such a way that it's it's not just ideas that I've heard. Some Sunday school trite talk that, yeah, hey, God loves you. But, not that it is trite, but that sometimes we hear it that way. But that I experience the love of God in the way that, that fills my heart. And I know, yeah, I'm that one. That I think, you know, Jesus would choose me to go off on that walk and, like, share his innermost thoughts and what's on his mind and to communicate his love to me. Like, that's how he feels about me. And... That's that's who I am. And that's really what God wants. That's the beginning of, well, the reason we can't love is because we're not living in that reality of knowing God's love for us. Because when we experience that, there's an overflow of that that allows us to love others. Um, there is love, and, and love is from God. And we experience God's love as, as we draw close to Him. If you Just look back at that statement again, that Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. That's saying that anyone that loves knows God personally and has been born again by God. And that's kind of, I was thinking about that, like, wait a minute. Like, there are a lot of people in the world that love. There are people of all sorts of religions that, that, that love their children and do good things. There are people that don't know Jesus or believe in Jesus. There are, in that orientation I was at in Wyoming this past week, there were lots of people in that room that are not believers in Jesus, that don't know him personally. But they they have a level of love for, for people. So how can this say, whoever loves has been born of God and knows God? Well, I was thinking about this, and the answer came to me from some of my experiences at the Days Inn in Laramie, Wyoming, that I was staying at. And the first clue that this hotel was not the Ritz-Carlton was when I was walking down the hallway, and I saw a sign, and you can show this sign, I don't know if you can see it, but it's got the arrow, indoor pool and hot tub, this way, vending and ice machine, guest laundry, and then public Ritz rooms, <laughs> this way. It was like, wow, that's that, and the sign itself, like they, they twisted it around. I don't know, Sagar, if this is maybe a clue of, you know, the nationality of the ownership of this day's in It's just, there may, there may be something that has to do with that. But I was like, man, okay, this is not the, the Ritz. But then, when I went to get breakfast the next morning, I was, you're always interested, what's the, what's the free breakfast that's going to be served at your hotel? And there was orange juice. And so, let's go ahead, it's not a great picture, but here's the picture of the orange juice dispenser. You've probably seen those. At, the, at, your, at your hotel. It's got apple juice and orange juice. And you see this picture, it's like, oh, Florida's natural, grower's pride. And there's this, this lush-looking orange juice and overflowing out of the cup and grapes and oranges, all this fruit. Like, oh, man, fresh orange juice. So I got a cup, and I drank it. <laughs> it was not Florida natural orange juice. It was not lush and pulpy, and it was, I'm pretty sure it was Sunny Delight. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were serving Sunny D in this dispenser right here. And if you don't know Sunny D, Sunny D is the, I don't know what it is. It's the knockoff orange juice. It's not real orange juice. It's, I grew up drinking Tang. That was before, before Sunny D. That's, and you know, Tang's okay. Sunny D is, you know, if you, don't have any other source of calcium, then I guess Sunny D's okay. But it's not real orange juice. And that's what a lot of love is like in the world. It's like, our best efforts to love people, our, our natural love, like, it's a good thing. Like, you can, it's better than, it's better than drinking turpentine. It's, you know, it's, but it's not, the real deal that God has. The God kind of love. The biblical word, the Greek word is agape love. It's a God kind of love that's it's like real Florida orange juice there that's you know fresh and cold and just the right amount of pulp, whatever level of pulp you want in that cup. Like there's just it's a whole different quality of love from the human love, the sunny dee love. And so often, like all we're used to is sunny deep. And we think that that's the best there is, but when you taste the real thing, you're ruined for anything less. And that's the kind of love that God has for us. And He wants us to experience that as we look to Him, as we open up to Him, as we draw near to Him, and say, "God, I need Your love." We can experience that love. So, like, man, you talked a lot about one verse. I thought we were good. There were only like five verses, but you only talked about one already. But we're That was was really important. Moving along, verse 8. John says, Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Kind of stating the same thing in a little different way. Anyone who doesn't love doesn't know God because God is love. God is love. That's one of the most radical statements in the Bible. The Bible doesn't say that about any of God's other attributes. God, God is holy, God is just, God is patient. He, he, those, are, those describe him, but those you cannot say like God is just as a description of his full nature. But he says, God is love. Not just God is loving, but God is God is love. And anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And so what's that saying there? Well, basically. When I'm not loving others, I'm not knowing God. Anyone who is not loved does not know God, because God is love. And so, when, as is the case for much of my life, I'm not loving other people, in that point in time, I am not knowing God. Because if I am knowing God, I will be walking in love. Towards others. And so, this whole like, challenge of, man, how can I love? How can I be a giving person? How can I give? It can't, it can't focus on, okay, try, try to conjure up caring more. Try to conjure up loving more. No, the answer is, focus on God and knowing Him more. And experiencing Him more. And as I experience Him and know Him, I will love other people. You guys following that? Is that good or what? Isn't that deep? Going on, verse 9, it says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live and love, you could say, through him. So God's love is not just theoretical, but he made it real in the world by sending his only Son, so that our sins could be forgiven, and we could experience God's love and live and love through him. And this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. This is love. Not that we have loved God. Love is not about what we do to God. But it has to come from him. God loved us. And that is made real by him sending his son. And there's that big word propitiation. Well, that's, that's, that's a word It's hard to understand. But basically that means it has to do with uh, taking a, an appeasement. An ar- when there's a relationship where there has been an offense and someone has, has wronged you, propitiation is an appeasement of the just anger that you have over that offense. And so we all have sinned against God. God is, there is just anger, just wrath towards, towards our sin. And because God is just, he can't just like wink at that. But Jesus became the propitiation for our sin. He died in our place so that God's wrath could be born. He took the wrath of God so that we can be reconciled to God and experience, experience His love. Um, verse 11, it goes on. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So all this is built upon God is love. You've got to know God to, to love. You've got to find God's love, and then, beloved, because if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And If you're like me, you're thinking, but wait a minute, like how do we do this? I thought, I thought we can't love. But, no, we, we can love when we experience God's love. And, but sometimes it's not just, you can't just sit around until you feel those feelings of love towards other people. If I was waiting for that to happen, I would love even less than I do now. And that wouldn't be a good thing. But there's something about one way to love better is to love more one way to grow in our love to grow in the love of God in our life towards others is to make a conscious choice like God you've called me to love others i'm going to choose to find ways to give and to love the people around me and it's in doing that that i say man i'm going to try it. rob is getting on my nerves again <laughs> and he did that thing that he's I've talked to him about Man, but he just keeps doing it. I'm tired of it. But, oh, man, I, but I know uh, he's a good friend. And I'm going to, how can I love Rob today? Man, how can I maybe be encouraging to him or help him in something? And, oh, but I really don't want to. I really don't want to, to be loving towards Rob. And wrestling with that brings me to that place of saying, God, I can't do this on my own. I can't love by myself. I am not a very loving person. God, I need more of your love. I need to know you more. God, will you help me? Will you help me experience your love? Will you help me have your love in me so I can love others? But that would not have happened if I wouldn't have stepped into the place of saying, I'm going to give to this person. I'm going to love this person that I don't really feel like loving right now. But as we obey God and step into giving ourselves, it helps set us up to grow in becoming more loving. Does that make sense? All right. Good. Um, you know, this is, this, why is this important? Well, it's important because the world needs love. The world needs God's love coming through people. And there is, it's just it doesn't come naturally for us. But all around us every day, like, like Kyle's story, there are people that are in a place of need. They're broke in your life, in my life, and in your neighborhood, in your job, in your classes, in your apartment. They're your family. They're people who really, really need God's love. And the most likely way for them to experience that is through a person who knows God and is full of His love, brings that to them. I've been reading or doing this, this class um, for for churches, for pastors, called Breaking the 200 Barrier. And it's all about how churches, that there are certain barriers, barriers you hit in, in growth, and there's different dynamics that you come up against. And there's a reason that the average church in America is about 75 people. And there's also a reason that, like, I think it's like about 90, 90% of churches don't get past 200 people. And basically, the experts who study these dynamics say It's because churches have this mentality that the pastoral care in a church, like caring for people in need or visiting people in the hospital or helping people when they have situations in their life, they look to a pastor to be the one that goes and meets those needs. And that kind of can work to a certain point, sort of. So a typical person can kind of do that for about 75 people to a certain level. But after that, they, it's just, it just can't happen. And even the best of people, if, if they're providing most of the pastoral care to a church, it can't get past 200 people. But it's when the people are loving and caring for one another, that's when, that's when more people are touched and blessed and ministered to. This, the, the author of this class, he says that 98% of pastoral care is having someone who cares. Like, wow, that's so true. I mean, sorry, that may take away my job security <laughs> right there. But really, most of, like, most of what we think pastors do is just having a caring person. Having someone who will take time to listen. Having someone who will take time to be in your life and care about you. And it's not an incredible hard skill set, like difficulty level, that you have to, you have to go to years and years of grad school for, but it's just being available and caring for people. And that's something that every one of us can do, and that God calls all of us to. And so, I mean, I'm just I'm excited about this summer, as we're, as we're going to dig into this more and more, of like, God, how can we grow in, in becoming those people? How can we bring your love to the world the way you've called us to? Today, I think there's some important, there are important things God wants to do in our life, depending on where we're at and some of you maybe have, have never experienced God's love personally. Maybe you've this just just kind of theory, like oh that's yeah. Maybe you're in a place of man. I've been looking for love, in this relationship or this thing, but it's it's never it's never satisfied. And I believe this morning God is wanting to bring you into that. He wants you to experience His love on a personal level. That. Just happens as you as you look to him, as you say, God, I need you, I need that or, that real orange juice kind of love in my life. Nothing else is satisfying, but I want you to bring it to me. And really all of us, no matter how much we 've experienced that, we need that continually, and we tend to to look towards other things and so it 's important for us to, to practice abiding in god 's love that 's not just an experience here, an experience there, but day to day and learning to to look to God and find our bearings from, okay, God, yeah, this is what you say, you're for me. One of the best ways we can do that is by spending time with God in prayer and, and his word. And Usually we have a weekly reading that we, we give as a suggestion for us to read during the week of some scriptures. This week we're doing it a little different. We have a weekly memorize. And it's these five verses that we're talking about this morning. I want to encourage you to memorize those verses this week. If you do this one a day, these are powerful truths and the power of God's Word coming to us that if you will memorize it and meditate on it and put it in your heart and think about it and interact with God as you do that, it's a great way to abide in God's love. So I'm, I'm looking forward to do that this week. I encourage you to do that this well. I mean, as well. And, and finally, we're going to talk about this all summer, but just wanna ask, you know, how is God prompting you to step out in loving people around you? Maybe it's having someone over for dinner, maybe it's having a game night, maybe it's just saying a kind word to somebody who you don't know that well, but you, you can tell they're going through something. How's God prompting you to, to get out of your shell and, and love others? And I really believe God is I'm excited about, this is really what it's all about, becoming the people God's called us to be and bringing his love to others. So um, we're going to worship God with one more song, and just as we do that, the worship team, you can come on up. As we do that, it's really just, an I want to encourage us to begin asking God, God, would you show me more of your love? Fill me with more of your love. Help me to walk this out. Let's go ahead and stand up. And